0: Hey, you found me and I'm so glad you did. I have a lot of fun over here at A Juicy Pear Podcast. I love interviewing people from all walks of life and I especially like what makes a person tick. I ask the questions that people want to hear. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This is Wendy with the Juicy Pear Podcast, and I'm super excited about our guest today. Her name is Heidi Gruce and she is a licensed psychotherapist, and I'm so excited that she's joining our show today.
1: Hey, Heidi. Hi, Wendy. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? doing? Well, thank you. I'm excited for our talk today. Yeah, yeah. And we're
0: just kind of um, talking off recording about how nice it is to see the sun, because neither one of us has
1: seen the sun ever. <laughs> for several months. Yeah. Oh. The long-awaited shift in season
0: i know i know i'm so looking forward to a nice warm summer
1: that's for sure same
0: okay so you know i love to have inspirational people on the show and you know i like to showcase them and i came across your information and i thought you would be great for this show So I guess, why don't you tell the folks how you got into counseling and what type of counselor are you?
1: Yeah. So I am a licensed psychotherapist. I've been working now with clients now for more than two decades, which doesn't even seem possible because the years just seem to fly by. You look so young. I can't, I have, I find that hard to believe. Thank you. 20 years, oh my word. Thank you. Yeah. And You know, I think I always knew that I really loved working with people, I always identified myself as a helper, um, and just really felt very passionate about being able to have a positive influence on people's lives. Um, And then, You know, come right around 2016, I um, entered into and expanded my service delivery to include some coaching work, um, all the way to the point where uh, in the last two years, I created a program called the Transformation Methodology, um, really to answer the need of so many people who need that direction, guidance, support in life, but don't qualify for a clinical diagnosis. Okay. You know, so I really i I want to distinguish, you know there there is a big difference between clinical treatment and then sort of the transformational work I do as a transformation strategist with my clients. But you know, I do believe that even if you're you're not debilitated by, Um, significant symptoms and and things like that, it's horrible to wake up and feel out of alignment in your own life. Oh,
0: absolutely. I can attest for that. I mean, I sort of found myself, and what I really, truly wanted to do later in life, to be honest with you. And I kind of put what I really wanted to do on the back burner. And I always went into jobs that I didn't necessarily like, you know, my heart and soul really wasn't into it, but yet it was a steady income. Um, you know, I can adapt to a lot of different situations. So, you know, I just kind of, it, it wasn't like I let life guide me. I mean, I knew what I wanted to do, but I just didn't have, I don't know, I just didn't do it. So several years ago, um, so I have two sets of twins. They're all in high school now. <laughs> yeah, Very chaotic, but it's a fun, you know, organized chaos. Yeah. But in the midst of that, you know, I, it's not that I had a panic attack, but it, I had these, um, well, I guess you would call it that. And I don't know if it was because I wasn't really doing what I wanted to do. I always wanted to write and I've always loved to write. I did that since I was a little girl and I always, I wanted to publish books. You uh-huh. know, I wanted to be an author. I thought, how cool would that be? There would there's nothing cooler. And I just, I, I didn't have the time, the energy or the wherewithal. And, and I, it, this could be hormone related as well, but I would have panic attacks. Nothing like, you know, like, uh, but just, you know, that feeling of dread would come over you for no reason. Well, mm-hmm. I don't have those anymore. And uh, those stopped a couple of years ago but i always wonder if it was you know you could make a point saying it was hormones but also was it because i wasn't doing what i really wanted to do and i could feel like i was getting older and like okay i'm not where i'm at where yeah. i want to be you know what do you
1: think you know so let me say this i i was thinking two things while you were talking and the first is that i truly believe that there we ha- there is a common experience out there um, where the first sort of um, phase of our life is very well paved, right? In our first phase of adulthood, I should right. say, right? So it's like you you graduate high school, and immediately everyone in your world is asking you, like, what are so what are you going to do next? You know, and there's an expectation that you're you're either gonna go on to some academic program or get some type of training or specialize in some industry or field, right? And then as you move through whatever that is, Everyone in your world comes back again and says, and now what? What are you going to get? How are you going to stand out in this industry? Or are you going to get a master's degree, right? Right. All the while, people are expecting you to find that life partner, settle down into some geographic area, like establish a dwelling, decide whether or not you're going to have those 2.5 kids, or in your case, two sets of twins, whatever it is. (laughs) right? And you check all these boxes. And in the end, the common feeling is like, okay, I've I've done all the things. Why am I not feeling on top of the world at this Mm -hmm. point? Right, I I have client after client after client resonates Mm -hmm. with this story. They've got their own version of this story because then they're sitting there going, well, now what? I'm not satisfied. I'm not fulfilled. But that second half of the journey is not paved at all. And that's where it feels very risky for a lot of people to say, well, can I make it in your case? Can I make it as an author? I mean, there's a lot of risk there, right? It's right. not a salaried position. I've got to write something that sells, right? right? Yeah. The the other thing that I was thinking about when you were talking about this this sort of spontaneous like... You know, feelings of panic, right? Or that restlessness, that raciness. Um, there's so many different versions of of anxiety out there. Social anxiety, right? Yeah. Well, I believe that is a symptom of our emotional trash can becoming too full. Yeah. And I use this analogy um, in therapy. I, I um, relate it to our kitchen trash can, right? Because we all let that thing get way too full. And you know, I've never had a client dispute me on this. We all stick our hand in there and push that oh, trash, yeah. can yep. make more room, right? <laughs> right. Well, we handle our emotional trash can the same way. And I don't mean because we're not capable of handling our emotions or because um, we're avoiding something necessarily. It's that we're human beings and sometimes we just can't tackle everything all at once. So we do the best we can and we're really good at compartmentalizing. So we deal with our little bit in front of us and we put the rest aside with the intention of getting back to it. But let's face it, when we finally get through you know, a part of a hardship. We're just kind of really um, enjoying that reprieve. We're not looking like, oh, what else can I deal with now? What's left over? What didn't I tend to, right? Um, And when, as life continues to happen, we keep putting that leftover trash that leftover emotion in that emotional trash can and it leaks just like our kitchen garbage can leaks. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, that's a um
0: perfect metaphor or analogy of of what many people go through. I feel, you know, especially, you know, I think about like my dad, he's passed on now, um but You, you really couldn't, and he was a Vietnam veteran and he had PTSD and they really did not have any resources for those guys. When they came back, they really just didn't, you Mm -hmm. know, you really just had to grin and bear it and, you know, keep your feelings in and, oh, explosive and um, unhealthy. And it's getting better now, of course, you know, Um, you see about, you know, it just seems to be, it's not so stigmatized, but back then no one talked about their feelings, really especially men you know that that just wasn't you know it just it wasn't a reality but um yeah no i very clearly a few years ago i think i was in a movie theater i think i was watching some cartoon finding dory or something and i had like anxiety like three or four anxiety attacks just watching that movie and i don't know what it was and i remember thinking it was that feeling of dread and that would come and go and i thought man you know what is wrong with me if i'm ha- i'm watching a cartoon And I'm getting that. I don't know if it was first time in a while where I could just sit and relax. And then it was just all hitting me. I don't know what it was, but I didn't like it. I I know that. I didn't like it. Probably hormone related. But like I said, I don't have those anymore. And I feel like maybe I had put myself on the back burner for so long. It was just kind of like telling me like, hey, you know, stop,
1: relax. The body ups the ante, you know, Uh. it sends us cues. But if we don't listen, absolutely. then you kind of give a more exaggerated cue that, hey, something's not right here.
0: I f- yeah, absolutely. I feel like if you not, you know, maybe it's not necessarily mental illness, but if you are constantly burying your feelings and you're not showing up for yourself and you're pretending to be somebody that you're not and you're not really addressing Or know what's wrong. I mean, it's going to come out. It's going to come out in different ways, you know, um, I feel. And I just think what you're doing is so important in today's world, especially because it seems like we have a huge plethora of mental illnesses is cropping up everywhere.
1: We do. We do. And we also have so many different distractions pulling us away from being internally focused. Um, to where, you know, we're always looking on the outside, you know, even that, that first path that I talked about, that's so well paved, it's all driven by a person's awareness of what other people expect of them, you know, meeting those expectations. Then we've got social media, the comparisons, you know, the imposter syndrome, the, the list goes on.
0: It does. And you don't really know, really, because there's just so, so many smoke and mirrors because there's altered realities out there. Someone Mm -hmm. could be posting the most one and you've, you know, people have heard this before, but it is so true. You could be looking at this person's social media thinking, "Wow, they got it together. How wonderful they look, how wonderful and packed, jam-packed fun of their life is, but they really could be completely opposite in uh, their feelings and how they feel about themselves. And it's just a shame, you know, I think too, it's just, it's good to be able to reach out to people. And another thing too, is I feel like, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of fighting, a lot of division, a lot of miscommunication, things that get misconstrued and then, okay, I'm going to block you, block you. And then, then you don't have the opportunity to explain yourself. Not that you can really adequately explain yourself in a message anyway, you know, and then that just leads to, I don't know, I think it leads to a lot more emotional problems, because then the problem is never really truly dealt with. Now, I mean, blocking, I mean, there are legitimate reasons to block people for sure, stalkers and things like that. But for for little minor things, I don't know, I think that would be I think yeah, there's it more you know, problems than it needs to.
1: Boundaries are important, but I think really what you're talking about here, and this is something that I talk a lot about, even different speaking engagements I've done, is around you know the value and method of communication that we choose, mm-hmm. um, because we have so many different ways to communicate in this day and age. Right. But you know, people avoid the direct verbal communication. Mm-hmm. now more than ever. There's so much, you know, that, that's try that people try to achieve using text message and it yeah. just ends no. up creating t- more miscommunication than it does create mm-hmm. understanding. Um, we've, we've lost skills with. Regard-
0: absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, absolutely. I have a bunch of single friends that, you know, they've gone on a few dates. They think it's gone, you know, just swimmingly. They just think it's wonderful. And, um, just out of nowhere, ghosted, blocked. It's like, I mean, that is not good for anybody's emotional well-being or psyche because you're probably thinking in the back of your head, well, God, what, what did I do that caused that? It just seems like there's so many little minor things and people just cast it aside like it's confetti, like, oh, no big deal. There's plenty of fish in the sea. And I don't know. I
1: just, here's the learning though. Here's, here's the learning that can happen from a situation like that is when we are internally focused and we're really cued in with what it is we need to be in a healthy, unconditionally loving, respectful relationship with someone else. We also have to have that with ourselves. And so what that teaches us is that person, that potential partner doesn't qualify to be in relationship with me because they're not capable in that moment of having that conversation with exactly. me. And so now I have to stand in my authority of mm-hmm. myself, of my being, and know that it, the relationship yeah. had no chance of working right? because I hold that standard of being able to communicate, even in a time of disagreement, even in right. a time where we, where we choose to go our separate ways, we can also say the hard things and it'd be okay.
0: Right. Oh yeah. And I, I so agree with, um, I think with all the access that we have to, I mean, like any, at any given time, you know, my teenagers can pick up the phone and just learn about, they could Google whatever they wanted. They have all this information in their hands, but yet there is some sort of, like what you said, there is a, form of communication that seems to be lost a little bit. Um, I think we've kind of, I, I think it needs to be redone a little bit. I mean, yeah, the face-to-face communication, you know, no one wants to do it. I don't know. Not no one, but you know, it just seems like they're treading away from that.
1: Well, it, it's much more intimate to look someone in the eye and have to say the words right to their face. Oh Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, very different, but when we are connected with self, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we know what is true for us mm-hmm. and we can, right. It's, it, we can have those conversations. We can initiate those words. Right. So, so the value has to change.
0: Yeah. You have to be really secure and grounded in yourself. So you're not trying to get validation from so many outside sources. I think,
1: and the self awareness can only happen if we can redirect things back to self. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of interesting things that
0: you had in your um, on your website. Yeah. So why do you think it's so hard for people to tap into their unwanted untapped potential? I mean, why is it so hard for them if they really want to do it? Why don't they just do it?
1: Well, I mean, so I I think there's so many different reasons. Right? It could be because they're trying really hard to please the people around them, right? Or maybe they're the sole provider in their household. And so there's there's big expectations that way. I mean, we all carry these dysfunctional identities, right? Until someone else points it out to us, we don't know that we're the, the caretaker, the pleaser, the fixer, the peacekeeper, right? And so first it's about giving permission, to my client to, for them to even acknowledge what it is they want to do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you were talking about yourself that you had neglected yourself after so many years. Well, Mm -hmm. part of that neglect is even pretending that writing wasn't important to you, right? Because you're, you know, you're supposed to prioritize your children or because you're supposed to, you know, fulfill a certain expectation. It seemed
0: like an impossible dream. Like there's no way I could do it. No way. Couldn't find the time. You want to have a good book. You need to get an editor. There's just so many. I didn't know anybody in the publishing industry. It was just, I can't do this too hard.
1: Except that when we really own that it is that important and we mm-hmm. honor that need, we all of a sudden become much more solution oriented, mm-hmm. right? So it's moving from finding a problem with every solution you know, the reason why it can't possibly happen, to all of a sudden figuring out, well, you know what, maybe I could do at least this. Maybe I could sit down and write for 10 minutes a day.
0: Yeah, I mean, start out baby steps, you know, little steps, and then maybe it's a little bit easier as you just keep going. I mean, because I just kind of thought, well, I'm going to get older anyway, I might as well, I can either get old and not be an author, or work towards being an author. It's going to, you know, I'm going to get old anyway, might as well just do what I want to do. I also think it's
1: critically important for people to acknowledge what it costs them to continue to pretend yeah. that this untapped potential it doesn't mean anything right because there's nothing worse and sitting with that regret. I should have, could have, would have. Oh,
0: you know? God, it's the worst. And um, talk about being resentful. And you know, and that will like bleed over into your relationships and, and everything. I mean, it will in, in little ways. So on your website, I liked what you said about first starting out, you're trying to get on your path. And this, see, this really resonates. It is true. Um, a lot of people, you abandon what you believe to be true in order to fit in, especially as a young person, when you're just starting out, you're not quite, you're just getting your feet wet, you're not sure really what you want to do. And you see all these people doing this and this, I'm like, Oh, okay, I guess I might as well be doing that too. Mm-hmm. You know, we all
1: crave that sense of belonging.
0: Yeah, you also had, I liked it. What did say the? What are the three things that people might not want to work with you?
1: There were the Yeah. Well, I know, I know one of the things and I'm very transparent about this is if you're not ready to hear the feedback that you, you know, you need to hear, you know, listen, we, I hope everybody has a cheerleader in their life. You know, someone who, when you go to them, no matter what the circumstance is, they're going to sit there and help you feel better. Right. Right. But that's not always the thing that you need to hear to make your life better, to move Absolutely. forward out of that circumstance, right? So I feel I am enabling the negative to continue if I'm not saying the thing that you need to hear. Right. Right. No, I agree. That's how I hold myself in a place of integrity as a transformation strategist and as a clinician. Um the other piece is if people really aren't ready to take a step forward. Right. Because it's we can talk all day long. And in fact that's typically why a client comes to me is they're feeling like they've been spiraling around this thing that they want to do, but they're not getting anywhere. And it's because they're thinking too much about it. They're talking too much about it and they're not actually taking any action. Mm-hmm. And we learn by doing, Absolutely. you know, and, um, then the third thing is when, you know, people aren't ready to make an investment in themselves No, I will often say to people, this isn't really about a lack of financial resources. It's, am I really worth making this investment? Mm -hmm. It is I want to do. That's a big one. That's a big one. It's a big one because, you know, when, when we want to go on that vacation, that fun vacation, yes, that's a big financial investment, but we don't think, am I worth it to Mm -hmm. go on this vacation? And, and the ache that we feel mm-hmm. when we know we really do want to make a circumstance better, or we really do want to go after that big, bold dream, yeah. that ache is not going to go away until you make that investment in yourself.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. You know, when you were starting out with this, did you have like a pivotal moment or experience that made you decide, hey, you know what, I think I really, I, w- I want to... Um, be a transformational coach to people?
1: I will tell you this at my core, I have always been committed to my own personal development. And I think that that's why I knew that being a psychotherapist was really a- along my path because it's, you know, I, you could always find me in the self-help section of a bookstore or the library. Right. Cause I just, I just naturally had this, um, like ongoing, like curiosity and like passion to keep like learning and, And trying to improve my own circumstances and things. And I also believe that people are capable. I really, really do. Mm -hmm. It's just teaching them how to find all of the skills Mm -hmm. and the traits within themselves. They already exist. It's helping them tap into that. And of course, you know, I've been through my own hurdles in life. Who hasn't? Right. Um, but I don't define myself by
0: those circumstances. No, either. no. A lot of people do though.
1: I mean, they do. And, and to me, that's very limiting. And so when I say, you know, I don't look like what I've been through in terms of, you know, infidelity and divorce and, you know, narcissistic people in my life and yeah. you know, overcoming, you know, a variety of things, right? Like yeah. I don't, that is not the face I wear because I am constantly looking forward mm-hmm. as to what else I can do. I'm not held back by those circumstances.
0: That's that's fabulous. I just think that everyone has a wealth of knowledge and they have their own experiences and to trust it, to trust your gut. You know, that's what I would um, tell people but do you have like a important piece of advice you could offer someone who is just struggling?
1: Yeah. So, you know, actually with having this talk in mind, um, I created a gift um, for your audience. And so I will, um, direct your listeners over to my website at com forward slash gifts. And I will make Fabulous. sure you have that link as well. Um, so you can post that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and just so people know, Gruce G-R-U-S-S, um, yeah. it rhymes with Seuss, but it's spelled <laughs> completely differently. Um, So, so your listeners can tap into this free gift that I crafted because let's face it, we all go through phases of our life where we are struggling, where we're feeling, you know, emotionally and physically depleted, um, uninspired, Mm -hmm. right? Waking up, dreading the day ahead of us. So I've created this short 10 minute video that is jam packed with practical tips to eliminate that burnout feeling, right, to keep people feeling um, as though they're filled with energy and enthusiasm about their day. Because it's amazing what happens when you learn how to step into your authority and take charge of, you know, your workflow and and your lifestyle. So you can focus on the meaningful work and and your sense of purpose that you bring. Well, God, it's
0: been a pleasure having you on the show. Um, I love talking about this kind of thing. And uh, like Heidi said, I'm going to have all her info in the show notes. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. And thanks for coming on the Juicy Pear Podcast
1: today. Thank you, Heidi. My pleasure.
0: Hey, thank you for listening and I'm so glad you're here. I had so much fun and hope you enjoyed this episode. To hear more episodes, please subscribe to my website, ajuicypearpodcast.com. See you there. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy, and you just listened to another episode of A Juicy Pear Podcast. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. And I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Each week I have new content and I love talking with creatives. Tell your friends and family. And if you're feeling led, hey, you can buy me a coffee on ajuicypearpodcast.com.